0: Welcome back, guys, to yet another episode of Beyond Our Service. This is Steve-O. We've got cousin Brian, and um, believe it or not, chick is going to come back at the end of this month. Uh, Brian, Yay! how you doing,
1: man? I'm good, man. Uh, just uh, working, really. And uh, Nice. I would say I'm still trying to recover from COVID, but this is the first week I actually felt like myself, like 100%. So Man. Uh, got rid of got rid of the fog. That was the last thing to go. But yeah, I'm doing great, man. I'm just working and uh, just trying to learn and keep 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 on trucking. Just a human. That's right. How about you,
0: man? We are uh, doing really good. We've been busy as always. And Stevens Flag Football, I think, is his last game is this Sunday. So it's pretty awesome. Uh, we entered a hog killing contest. I want to go. Um, it is the entire month of February. And um, next February, well, if we add you to the team, even though you live in a different state, um, it's pretty legit. Someone told me about it. Um, we signed up. So you have a t- you can have up to four people on the team. Okay. You have to kill a hog within um, the state of Texas or Oklahoma. Okay. So the range is huge. The one caveat is you do have 24 hours to get to the weigh-in. The weigh-in is in Bridgeport, Texas, which is about 45 minutes northwest of my house. Um, gotcha. It's kind of like middle of north Texas. So it doesn't matter where you're at. You've just got to get there within 24 hours. You have to call them ahead of time, schedule the times, basically just give them a heads up, say you're headed that way. Um, right. And then you have to pass, the winners have to pass a polygraph test. And I believe they x-ray the hogs for... Oh, make sure you didn't
1: put like lead or something yep. down in their make stomachs. Sure you didn't put lead or weights.
0: Yep. Uh, because, so one, it's $100 a person to enter. Okay. Um, I can actually look it up now and give you the updated, but the first di- first place prize is $77,000.
1: Holy cow.
0: Oh, yeah. It's the largest in the United States, I believe the world, Um, 10th place. So 10th place is $1,500. And so you're in the money if you're within the first 10. Exactly. And how many
1: teams are entered?
0: I don't know, but it's a, it's a ton. It would have to be, it's only 400 bucks a team and the winnings is 77,000 and there's 44,000 a second
1: place. So what's, what's (laughs) the, like the, what has been the winning pig? Like how big,
0: if you're going to it has to be over 400 pounds. Oh, okay. There's, okay. there's See, not been a year that the last like five. I think it's gone on for six years. The last four, I think the first two were like three ninety eight, three ninety nine, and then every every year after that, it's been four hundred plus.
1: Because that that year we went down to Arkansas. Was it last year? It
0: yeah, must it was been last, last year. year. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I killed two boars. Mm-hmm. I killed one that was one ninety five, and I killed one, that, and I I knifed that one with the dogs. It was one eighty five.
0: Yeah, so think about that. Twice the size of those pigs. So I saw those pictures, and, and they were soft. those were big pigs. They were really, dude, really nice pigs.
1: I mean, if I literally when I went down there, I've, I've always heard you know pigs, pigs are tough, right? And they're oh, they're yeah. you know they, they don't go down. You've got to put a big piece of lead through them. And so I took my, I took my forty five seventy, but I couldn't get it sighted in. It wouldn't hit where the dam. And so I took my three oh eight, and that's what I was shooting with was that three oh eight, but
0: now see i know killed him i've killed him with a six five As just long as you have a now i haven't shot no i did i killed one the biggest one we've shot me and steven killed a boar um i think last hunting season um i can put mm-hmm. the picture up and we put you know i'm down low so we made it look big i mean it was right. solid it was probably at least 150 pounds maybe close to the 200 mark i don't know i didn't weigh it right um but Steven's so tiny, so I put him behind it. Well, of course you did, I yeah. think this is a year later, and he's like, and he thought it was the coolest thing ever, dude. He was, We were sitting in the blind, and this big thing comes up and starts eating corn, and I was like, and that was pretty much our last, I knew it was going to be our last time chance to go hunting for deer, and I was like, if I shoot this dude, the hunt's done. Like, we can't, and my right. the rifle's really loud. Like, we're probably not going to have a deer come in. He just kind of looked at me, gave me about three seconds worth of thought. He was like, just kill it. It's like, are you sure? Nice. like, shoot it. It's like, are you positive? Because <laughs> I'm telling you, this is it. Like, we're not going to be able to get a buck this year if we should kill it, Dad. Just nice. kill it, just shoot it. I was like, okay, that's fine. And I dropped it. It was about 150 yards away from the blind. So, it, and it was an easy shot. He didn't move, he's just right. standing there. So, I dropped him about, I hit him about two and a half, three inches behind his eyes, dropped, yep. him, dropped him right there. And it was a game, but that was with a 6'5. Like, it wasn't right. But I mean, I did hit him I in think- the head, so that helps.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think what these guys are telling us was, you know, if you, you know, that was the same thing, it, you know, because we were hunting them at night with the green lights and mm-hmm. when they're light, when their eyes light up, they basically said the same thing, two, three inches behind the eyes, light them up right there and they'll drop. Now they're talking about like shooting them with like those four fifty Bushmasters or the four, uh, 458 SOCOMs and stuff like that, like body shots because they just don't go down because there's so much fat And they absorb a bullet like nobody's business. And I think that's what they were saying because the pig I shot, my buddy took his 5.56 down. He's got it suppressed and all that stuff. And we were, he was, they had what they had done is gone down. They have a whole bunch of farmland. And then that farmland drops down into a river system. And so what they had done is real thick, just gnarly, kind of swampy brush. And their neighbor has this giant tractor with this giant brush hog behind it and basically cut a big square path around like the thickest part so that these pigs have, because that's where they stay during the day. And at night they come out of there and head into the field. So, yeah, so you're you're catching them coming across, this, you know, maybe 100, 150 yard long swath. And they had a little, they had some blinds set up. They had some tree stands set up. And, you know, Larry had his, his five, five, six, and he shot like four or five. The first night, a big herd of them came right in front of him. He just opened up on them. And he, Larry, you know, we're from Wyoming where if you hit something, you track it. Like you don't give up on that animal. Cause that's the only one you get, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so Larry is crawling through this thick brush, like tracking this pig. And you can hear everyone like, Larry, just let it be. Like, Larry, just let it be. Like, we just, we don't care. Like, it's going to die. We don't care. Like, we're, they're their nuisance. Like, just get rid of it. We don't care. Right, like, exactly. And Larry's like, i got to find this thing. And he tracked that thing for hours through this thick brush. And everyone's like, it's going to come get you. Like, you're going to get it. You're, it's going to be cornered. It's going to charge you. And it's going to just probably kill you. But he never did find it. And he, I think he kind of came to his senses and like, yeah, it's kind of stupid. But when me and Bree went down, we sat in this blind and we had all this the corn feeder out and stuff, and it had been raining non-stop since we'd been there. And one night it kind of stopped raining. We went down, it was all flooded out. We had our muck boots on, you know, and we pick our way into this blind. And I can hear this pig coming. Right? You can hear him coming through the water, snorting and grunting and he was black. It was, I think it was probably 11 o'clock at night. And you couldn't see the actual pig if you looked at it. I don't know if anyone's been in the, like, if you look, a, like, if if you've been at night, it's been really dark. But if you look straight ahead, you're the peripheral. You can see things a little bit better. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, And and that pig came out. I could see him. And I, my 308 was on a gun stand, a gun rest. And I, I swear to you, man, that pig wasn't 20 yards from us. And I like slowly reach for my gun. Like I didn't like, but you know, it was yeah. slow. Re- dude, that pig took off, dude. I have never seen an animal move that fast in my life. He <laughs> went from 20 yards to a hundred in a blink of an eye. And I was like, Holy shit. I like, put my gun up and it was just one of those quick reactions, right? Like there he is, pull the trigger. And I pulled it, and I saw his feet come up in the air, and I knew I got him. But, I mean, we called him the ninja pig because he was so stinking fast, man. I could not get over it.
0: So what's nuts, I went hog hunting on uh, last Saturday, and I couldn't believe. I was a little surprised. So we had like five or six hogs out in the field. We had one on the left that was the boar. He was a lot bigger. And then um, so we were trying to shoot that one. But then he starts walking away and kind of like trots away, almost like he winded us or something. And then, but he didn't really react that, like he didn't take off, right? Like he's just slowly mm-hmm. walking. So it didn't seem like he was spooked. But then the other group, like the big group of six or seven pigs, moved off to our right and started getting closer to us. And so the buddy I was with, and his name's James. Um, um Hold on, sorry. Sorry I got distracted. So his name's James and he brought out a um I don't I think it was a, it was a 68, it was a 68 caliber and it had a uh, silencer and a thermal. So we're hunting at night mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that the silencer because it disperses sound and I like to call mm-hmm. them silencers. I don't call them suppressors. Yeah. Um so when we shot the first pig the other ones they kind of, I mean, they took off, like they, they kind of took off, but they didn't go very far. Like we still mm-hmm. shot two more and he was right. like, yeah, with the silencer, they don't know. They're not a hundred percent where that ca- the sound came from, but they know like something bad happened to one of the pigs. So they run away, but they don't right. like just take off. And I was like, man, that's crazy. Cause usually like if I shoot one and I don't have, I don't have a silencer. So if I shoot it, then usually they, they take off like that. They all become ninja pigs and just bolt right. into the tall grass and they're gone um but man this was it was interesting it was cool um but we really hope we were wanting to get that damn boar and we don't know he just he must have just kept going because we never found him we never
1: saw him again right the the coolest thing though was when we hunted him with dogs and like beyond like hands down one of the coolest hunts i've ever been on in my life and you know Bree was suit like larry Larry's the one who took us down there and Larry showed us the, the video of him the previous year when he had gone down and hunted with dogs. And of course the, the pigs squealing and stuff because the, the dogs have got mm-hmm. him. And, you know, Bree's watching the video like, oh my gosh, I could never do this. Oh, this is just this is horrendous. <laughs> it is. And it seems very barbaric. It is. But I will tell you this. In the moment, it's very natural because – those dogs, and they're. I, I still think to this day, if you watch a collie that's herding sheep, or a blue healer that's working cows, mm-hmm. or you know, just a, a dog doing his job, dude, it is the coolest thing ever. And th- they run them with cur hounds, at least the guys we went with had cur hounds, and then they have catch dogs. And they had one had a pit bull, and one had, had a doggo Argentina. And that pit bull and that doggo were both just super nice dogs. Like they were licking my face and petting them. And one of the guys had his six-year-old son, <laughs> this kid. So the the, the the hounds are running the pig. And when they get it, they, they, they bark and then they bay when they have one cornered, right? Well, mm-hmm. these dogs know the difference between the bark and the bay. And so as soon as they start baying, they start whimpering because they know it's time to go to work and they want to go to work. Sure, yeah. And, and this six-year-old kid... This pit bull is chained to this four wheeler, and he is like smacking it on the head, going, You shut up now. You be quiet now. Like this little six year old kid, I'm like, That dog's gonna eat you up, dude. (laughs) Like, I'm six foot one. I weigh 225 pounds, and I'm afraid of that dog. Like, I'm not gonna go slap that dog around. Right. And he just was yanking around, You shut up. You hear me? You shut up. And then he would get on the four-wheeler, this six-year-old kid. He's got one hand on the pit bull on the front of it, and he's driving it with his other hand. And he took it through stuff that I was like, man, I don't know if I would make it through there, like, with two hands. And I've been riding a four-wheeler my whole life. And he's just bah right through it. Jeez. But the cool thing was, once once they got this pig bait, and they have to make sure it's a hog, because some of these, these curhounds, they'll – the if it's a deer or a raccoon or something like that, they'll they they got to make sure it's a pig before they release the catch dogs.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and so the one guy crawls up and they this pig had been down in a river bottom, and he had it cornered down there. And you can hear him because they told us I was I had the, the dog going on the on his leash, and he goes when when I say it's a hog, you just turn him loose. And I was like, all right. And you hear him go, it's a hog, boys. And you turn him loose, dude. And that pit bull and that doggo took off like a bullet. And they hit that thing like a freight train. I mean, no, 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 like safety out the window. I'm going to kill that damn thing. Yeah. And they grab it by the ears and they pull it down and back. And that pig that I, and that you can't use a gun because obviously you don't want to shoot a dog by accident. Right. Like have it blow through and hit it. So you stab it. Well, I had a four foot spear that one of these guys had gotten for Christmas and it had a a 12 inch blade on it. And I mean, after I killed it and it's instant, like you, you put it right in their heart and pull it out and they drop dead instantly Yeah, because there's so much adrenaline, so much blood going. They just drop instantly. Dude, I could, it took three, four of us to drag that pig out of the bottom. And we're not small people. Right. The four the four guys that were on this pig were not small people. I was the smallest out of everybody. And I'm six one two 225. So we had some big boys, and,
0: and some Arkansas corn fed white boys.
1: Dude, I like one of the 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 neighbors. His name's Josh. He was there. at a distance. Josh looks like a normal person. When you get next to him, he's huge. He's six foot eight. Oh my god! And, and he's I would guess three hundred and twenty-five, three fifty, but solid. And when I say he looks like a normal person, like you know, you've seen like someone who's like seven foot tall, but they're just bean pole. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it 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 exaggerates their height a little bit. He's proportional. Jo- yeah, I mean he's <laughs> huge, and <laughs> he's he's so funny because he's got this accent, this this thick southern accent that I had to concentrate to understand him. And you would think, oh, he's dumb to Boxer Ox, or he's just some, you know, backwoods country, you know, hillbilly. The dude had a PhD, a doctorate from the University of Colorado in agriculture and all this other stuff. He he creates his own, he clones his own cows. I mean, the dude's incredibly oh, smart. Yeah. And you wanna talk about strong. That dude, like me and this other guy were like, Oh, I can't get this pig. I remember wrestling with this pig, and he just one arm that thing up the side. Really? Okay. Don't piss Josh off. Got that? mark that one up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was. It, and Bree was there, and Bree was the one who videoed it. And uh, it was. She was like, that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And afterwards, she doesn't like to watch the video now. But she was like, in the moment, that was one of the coolest things ever. Yeah. Was,
0: was, oh, I can imagine.
1: Yeah. And we only got one pig that day and it was, we had already been hunting like three or four days before we had done quite a bit of shooting and we think, you know, we probably, you know, ran a bunch of pigs out of there already. And, uh, but they said when we come back next time I got both their numbers and they're like, yeah, you come back, give us a call. We'll, we'll take you some places. We'll, we'll, we'll get, you know, eight to 10 hogs a day with, with the dogs. It was really cool.
0: Yeah, so I was just looking back at my stuff. You need to send me those pictures of, because um, I know you had some of the hogs you killed, and yeah. um, I'll put some. So I, I set up this uh, at my, so I have a bow stand at my lease, and a buddy of mine, uh, he doesn't listen to this podcast, but shout out to Yates. So Yates gives me this green, it's like a spotlight. So it's a, it's it's yeah. uh, sunlight, it's got a solar panel on the top, and you just put it by the feeder, and then it will, you just leave it there. And then after a while, like the pigs and the animals don't really care about it anymore. Cause they, it doesn't spook them, but it just turns on. It's a green low light at night and then it has a motion sensor. So when something trips it, it just gets brighter green. But other than that, then it just kind of dims back down, but it right. stays on most of the night. So I uh, set that up for this hunt and for this month, and I'm just going to leave it there for the next freaking until deer season, basically. Uh, so I can keep coming back and shooting hogs. But, man, I've got some pictures, and it's really awesome, man. It works way better than I thought it would. Um, and it lights up probably, I don't know, maybe like 25 to 50 square feet. I mean, oh, it's wow. very bright. I'll send you a text for you right now so you can kind of see what I'm talking about, and I'll put it on the Instagram. But, um, man, it was it was incredible how well you could see because I don't have a night sight. I don't have thermal. I don't have anything – on right. my uh, camera. I mean on my gun. So I'm just sitting up there with a little snub nose like 300 blackout and uh with a EOTech type scope or type sight just a little reticle. And so right. I'm like, man, I'm you know, but I'm only 20 yards away. So I don't need anything. I don't need any magnification cuz I'm in a tree right. 20 yards above them. And dude, when they started eating, I started making noises. I started I was texting, I was taking pictures. Like I didn't spook them. I couldn't spook them. I was going and stuff and trying to get them away because you can tell like in the picture, they're all small. So I'm like, God dang it. I don't want these pigs here. I really don't want to shoot one yet because I don't want to like spook anything that might be further out. So I was trying to get them away from it. And dude, I could not get these damn things to go away for the life of me.
1: really cool.
0: Right. See, you can, I mean, it's so, and when it's so pitch black, like you can very vividly, that's not just the camera. Like you can, you can see them with your naked eye, just like that. That's awesome. Like you could easily drop two or three pigs, maybe two. Right. Cause they're going to, I don't have a silencer. Cause they're, they'll bolt into the woods, but Right. Um. And it was, it was cool. I was, I, it finally deemed, I, rem, I remember that I had an app on my phone that makes hog noises Yeah. to try to call them in. And so they, you could tell none of them were boars, so I just did aggressive bore, and I hit it, and they took off running so damn fast because <laughs> that noise came out of nowhere. And, they, like, didn't matter what noise I made. I mean, I'm literally, like, taking pictures. The, the flash is on. They don't give a damn. Mm. But right. I hit play on that, and they were like, Doosh, and they just took off into the woods. You can, and they were pissed, too. You could hear them all grunting, and they just sat down right. in the woods, like, 200 yards behind me. For a little bit, just making all kinds of noise, and they finally just left.
1: Yeah we we had one night when me and Bree were sitting down. And we weren't a blind. We were kind of just in some chairs that were out in the open. We'd kind of try to make a sh- makeshift blind or whatever. And I kept hearing what sounded like a four hundred pound pig coming through the brush. And I would like hit my spotlight real quick and look. And I was like, man. So I turned it off and you hear it keep coming and looking and like. The last time I, when I finally saw it, it was like, man, that pig's got to be right here. Like he's got to be right on top of us. And I turned it on. It was a stinking armadillo, dude. <laughs> I have never in my life seen something that small. Oh, make they make that much unbelievable. noise. Unbelievable,
0: dude. It's unreal. So that. So I forget. So you don't have armadillos in Wyoming, do you? No. No. Okay. So these little shitheads, they are everywhere down here. And you are right. Like I have sat in a blind before. And I'm thinking, I don't know what the hell, if it's a bear or if it's like right. some kind of like a like a pack of coyotes, it is just thrashing through the, the woods. The chupacabra coming yeah, through dude, you. it is like a, like a young armadillo just comes waddling out. I'm like, I've almost killed so many in ruin, just given up on the hunt and just like, I'm just shooting you. I'm shooting you because right. you got me excited for absolutely no reason, you piece of shit.
1: Yep. Have you now I don't know if you I know you guys have squirrels down there, but I don't know if they drop drop stuff out of trees. But I have tra- I have tracked what I thought was a elk moving through the trees, but it was squirrels dropping acorns or nuts or pine cones or whatever they're doing. And it sounds just <laughs> like footsteps. And I have followed those through the woods, like, oh he's gotta be right up here. Like I can't believe I can't see him yet. Like, he's got to be right and you hear say, so, oh, he's over here now. And like, and finally you just go, you know what? I'm going to kill every squirrel that I see.
0: <laughs> For the rest of the day.
1: Yep. That's, that's what I'm doing. Screw elk, screw deer, look up the squirrel. Bow.
0: <laughs> yeah. We've had, I've had, um I've had a squirrel come up to me while I was bow hunting and yell at me. Yep. Um, oh yeah. And then, cause I was in the tree with him and then. And at first he didn't really, he just kind of got really, he got abnormally close. And I'm like, man, I don't want this thing to bite me. So I finally like kind of just twitched and looked at him and like moved. And it. Mm-hmm. he was pissed and he did not like it. <laughs> he yelled at me for like two full minutes and then he finally left. And then I've had them just walk up and some of them stay pretty chill. And they'll just kind of look at me and they get pretty close. And then I got to try to take pictures because the kids think it's hilarious. And then they'll... Yep. But yeah, dude, I've seen some, I've watched them and they'll jump around from tree to tree. They'll throw stuff down, they'll do whatever. And I'm trying to think like, all right, because that same stand, it's so full, it's so, it's so wooded around it that in, and like come November, it's rare that you can hear like a whitetail moving in the woods because they're Mm -hmm. so quiet. But because there's so much leaf litter, you, I can hear them every once in a while like coming right. to the feeder. Now it's barely, but that's sometimes that's just enough for like a squirrel or a bird or something to land in the trees a couple times over and over. And I'm like, Oh mm-hmm. God, there's something right there behind me.
1: Yep. Oh
0: man, this well, is so cool. And then
1: the crazy thing too, like when you're saying like whitetail can move through so quietly, like when you see an elk, that's like eight, 900 pounds and a rat, a huge rack. And they're just, Picking their way through the trees, moving their head, and you can't hear a damn thing.
0: That's a and mind And you can see them
1: moving, and it's insane to me that something that big can be that quiet. Well, what's crazy is
0: it's not just like their body and their weight; it's the fact that they can maneuver their giant ass horns through yeah. the trees without like making a. I would, I can't even. I don't have I'd horns. Be stuck. Now, granted, I do have big ears, but I don't have horns. Right. I cannot maneuver through trees without getting slapped in the face at least once.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I've tracked, my dad showed me when I was a kid. I remember we were tracking a whole herd of elk. You could see where they were going. And then one elk would break away and kind of go around and through the trees. And then he'd come back. And I remember my dad stopping me and asking me, what's that elk doing? And I'm like, I don't know. know." Going over that way. And he's like, that's the bull. Because if you look where the other elk went, he can't get his horns through where they went. So he has to go around. And I remember thinking, like, that's got to be hell. <laughs> like, like every day, you have to like, oh, can't go that way. Got to go around. Like, gotta go this way. Oh, oh, gotta go back around because I'm getting my head stuck in the trees. And like, I, I don't. They obviously know. I mean, they live up there, and that's what that's their home, and they know it like the back of their hand. And they know where they can go, where they can't. But yeah, I mean, I've beagled an elk that, I mean, literally had to turn his head sideways so he could get through stuff. Because you know, they were so big, and it's just like, good lord! And then you spook them, and they just take off running full speed through the timber, and you're like, how in the hell do you do that? Because <laughs> I can't do it. No, because if I no. took off full, I would lose an eye. Like oh, Brian's yeah. coming out blind because he stuck a stick through his eye because he was running through the timber.
0: He decided to run full speed for a hundred yards.
1: Yeah, yeah, dude. I don't get it. Mother I Nature, mean,
0: you so crazy.
1: Man, it's Nature, it's crazy. I tell you what, like, I I often, because I like to hunt for arrowheads, too, and, like, you go out and look where all the Native Americans lived and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And and I always think, like, they were so much tougher than we are. Like, ridiculous, the amount <laughs> of crap they had to put up with. And that was just their day-to-day life. Well, you know, see,
0: oh, I, I will, I'll stop you there for a second. Because my pride will not let my ego will not let you more. Yes, they're, uh, you're right. They're tougher
1: than 99% of us. Uh, I would, I would, I would, I would like 99.8% of us,
0: but I would be willing to say it's, it is very different when you don't have a choice. Agreed. Like you. You're, we are all capable of so much more. And putting oh, no, up no. with so much more when you you perceive that you don't have a choice.
1: No, so, no, and I'm not saying that. I'm saying with the luxuries that we have, oh god, yeah. And and, and what we come home to, we put ourselves in especially hunters and and, and stuff that we, we go and do voluntarily. Hey, I'm gonna go out in the woods for four days. And then you get done with those four days. You come and go. Oh man, I am beat. I am wiped, sore. Like, oh, I can't you know, man? I can't wait for a hot shower and lay down in my nice, comfy bed. And you're like, yeah. But yeah, like like you're saying, they didn't really have a choice. Like that was life. Like, yeah, man. I'm gonna go sleep on this sand dune because man, it holds heat a little bit better than man, that is everything so comfy. else. Yeah, and like I get that part of it, but in the aspect, like, oh god,
0: they goodness. didn't know
1: anything else, right?
0: Right, right, right. No, no, no. You're, I you're, I totally get what you're saying. Like, there's nobody that would be willing to do that. Now. Hell, I don't want to do that now. Right. I've, I've, I've done mine roughing it. I don't want to do that again. Fuck that. I'm going <laughs> to sleep in sleeping bags outside in, like, nice camping gear, or I'm sleeping in a house or a hotel or whatever. Yeah. I got nothing to yep. prove anymore. I'm done.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll take the kiddos. Like, hey, all right, we'll set up a tent for you guys, but uh, we're going to stay in the camper or we're staying at, in, in the cabin like you guys can sleep outside if you want.
0: Oh, dude, I still I do love tent camping. I love
1: tent camping. See, I do too. Bree hates it. She would rather stay in a camper. That's fine. But I like when I was growing up, we when we like elk camp was a wall tent. Mm-hmm. And we rode the horses in, we set up camp and we went and cut our own wood and like you <laughs> the only thing I don't miss about tent camping and cause you really don't have it down there when you wake up in October and it's freaking 10 outside. Yeah. It's four in the morning. It's dark. It's freezing cold. Cause your stove has died in the middle of the night and it's negative 10. And you're like, you don't want to get out of your sleeping bag because you're so nice and warm inside there. But as soon as you stick your arm out, you freeze. And yeah. when you're, and when you're 13, your dad goes, get up and start a fire. And he doesn't get up until the, the tent warms up. But yeah, and like, <laughs> you would grab, like, I remember grabbing my pants and you would shove the pants down inside your sleeping bag to get them warm before Dude, I can't you put them you on. I can't
0: sleep with them in there.
1: No, because, it, well, if you did that, you would sweat and then you'd get them wet and then you're screwed.
0: So what we always did in the army was we would put, nah, so granted we didn't put pants, but sometimes we would put shirts, like a t-shirt. We wouldn't wear them, we would just put them in the bag. Um, mm-hmm. and sometimes if they told it, that's what, one of the things, so when I was in ranger school it was in the winter and they told us like, even if it was wet, you could put it in there and your body heat would help warm it, uh, dry your own shirts, like your socks and your shirts.
1: Yeah. Now pants a, to are a too, point. Th- right.
0: Pants are too thick. It wouldn't, it wouldn't work that way. We right. weren't supposed to put our pants in there, but you could keep like your under basically anything that was considered underwear. So you don't wear actual underwear, but shirts, uh, mm-hmm. socks is a big deal. So putting that next to your body, cause your body could help try those out. Um, yeah. and, and they just wouldn't freeze because yeah. they're wet. They're just going to freeze.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, outside. and luckily, luckily for me, like I had a whole bag full of clothes too, right? Like I wasn't like, this is your only pair of socks for the next week or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it was. It was miserable, like, and I remember like saddling the horses and riding up. And I, I, in my mind, I'd rather have been walking because then you'd be warmer. Because you're sitting on a horse and oh, you're not yeah, moving, your
0: ass off. I could. See oh that. my
1: gosh, I couldn't wait till we could stop and we could hike a little bit. And then, of course, we would like my dad's way of hunting was hike to an edge of a meadow, get set up, sit down, and watch that meadow. If nothing came out, you went back to camp, and that was it. No moving. Like I remember him being. <laughs> You, Like, I have ADD, and I can't sit still for more than 10, 15 minutes. Like, <laughs> it, it's insane. And I, remember, like, I would, like, be sitting there, and I was like, uh, and I'd look over at my pack, and I'd undo the zipper, and I'm, like, digging in for, like, you know, the fruit chews or granola bars something. And I would go to open it, and my dad's deaf. He can't hear anything, and he could hear a candy wrapper, and he would turn <laughs> around, and sh- 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 I was like, oh. Can we just walk, please? Like, come on! But
0: yeah, let's go do anything else right now. <coughs> let's yeah, go stalk
1: anything. the elk. Exactly, what you can do up here, right? Like, I didn't realize that about hunting whitetail. Like, you really can't go out and like walk through the trees and try to find them no, because they'll, they're, they're they'll gone. bust you. Yeah, yeah. Where like elk, we have a little bit more open country as well. Like you can glass, you know, three, four, 500 yards. You can see elk moving. You can position yourself Mm -hmm. to try to kind of cut them off and things like that. And, you know, especially like bow hunting, you're hunting them in in the rut. So they're bugling anyway. And so you're using calls. You're, you're, you're announcing, Hey, 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 I'm right here. I'm going to come take your bitches. Like, come and fight me. Right. Like, that's what you're telling them. And they're like, you want to fight? I'm coming, motherfucker. And they'll come running down to you. And, like, that's how it's supposed to work. Not always, but.
0: Yeah, no, you it's, know, it's, I mean, it's definitely different here for, with Waiatai. You. you can, like, you can try to basically slip through the trees. And the issue, I mean, my hunting lease isn't terrible for it. Um, we've got a little bit of topography that you could actually glass a tiny bit. You just can't glass very far. But really the problem is you just, there's no, I mean, it's a field with trees. Right. It's like you can't glass more than like a hundred yards or 200 yards, but then you just can't see very much. So you can't like position yourself very well. There's a couple mm. spots on my lease. We have like we have access to 1,400 acres. So there is one pretty. There's a few tall, like pretty decent sized hills that mm. give you a decent amount of um, vantage points where you can kind of look around. But even then, man, they're just so. It is. It's hard. It, you can stock them, but it's hard as crap. And bow, like it's almost impossible to get close enough because they just, yeah. just the the. With they're the so land, Everything else about them, they they hear everything. They spook so easily. And out where we are, there's so many deer leases. There's so many hunters. I mean, that all of November, you'd think it was fucking duck hunting. You just hear right. boom, bow, boom, boom, bow, boom, bow, boom, 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 You're like, damn. And every almost, I'd say seventy five percent of those are actual deer being shot. they just because right. there's just so many, and it's just. Yeah, it's, it's a different world. I've always wondered, too. I'm like, man, just because I hate it. I mean, it is very... My buddy's dad told me, he's because he's been up there, he's elk hunted. Um, he's done on done some elk hunts. He's done some hunts all around. Um, a couple, not just a crazy amount of extravagant ones, but he's done hunts around the um, country. Yeah. Um, but he grew up deer hunting, white tail deer hunting in Louisiana and stuff. And so um, he said, he's like, man, I'll tell you, though. He's like, I know that people get make fun of us down here for sitting in a blind like in a box he said but it is still there mentally he's like if you sit into a box for four to five hours he said that is very difficult to do that's not torture to me not makes too much no exactly he's like it's not easy he's like people think it's easy he's like just sitting there it's not easy. He's like, it's just it's just a different kind of challenge. He's like, no, it's not physically difficult. You can sit there all day physically. He's like, but just mentally and just being quiet and not, because you still can't move. You still have windows. And those deer learn, if they'll look in those windows, if they see movement or a silhouette, they will bolt. Right. So you can't just like walk, like, you know, you can't just carry on a conversation and just relax and chill in, in your little box. And then when one comes up, you, you shoot it you you actually have to be you know and you can move around more than if you weren't in a box obviously but dude it's it can be there are times where i'm like oh my god i don't want to be doing this right now i want yeah i wish i could just get out and move and find a deer
1: yeah and then like elk hunting like for me like my challenge for myself a lot is isn't it's mental too because you're but it's, it's 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 Physical, mental, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how far can you push yourself? Right to like that elk just climbed that mountain. Now I've got to go climb that mountain to get back on him, or I can see those elk that are two miles away, right? And they're they're on a ridge line. Now I have to go. It's not crow flies. It's not. I can fly over to that next ridge. Now I have to go down this mountain, Mm -hmm. up the next mountain, get and and be. And that's what people don't understand. Like you're at eight to nine, ten thousand feet. Right. Where, you know, if you come straight from Texas up here and try to hike with me, I will kill you.
0: Of course. Like yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: My my body's acclimated. Like this is where I do my physical exercise is at seven thousand feet. So when I go to eight, nine, I'm okay. But I've taken guys who have gotten altitude sickness at like maybe nine thousand feet. Mm-hmm. Because they're just not acclimated. you know, they start, oh, my head hurts. I'm so thirsty. And you're like, okay, it's time to turn around and head back to the truck because you are going to a bad place. Yeah, you're about and, to get real sick. <clears throat> and they go, well, you can do it. Yeah, I grew up here, man. Mm-hmm. Like my body's yeah. very used to it. And like I said, though, like pushing yourself. I, I, I have I have crawled hands and knees up the side of a mountain completely out of like just gasping for air, get to the top, and then have to make a shot. Because yeah. that elk's right there, and he he's not out of breath. He doesn't care. <laughs> like, right. He just he's out for a Sunday stroll and I'm killing myself trying to get to him. And then if you get him, like everyone always thinks the hard part to get into him bullshit. Fuck that man. No, it's getting the damn thing back. Kill him. And then Put a quarter on, just one quarter, is, is big. I'll just put a shoulder on. Like a full, like a big bull, a front shoulder is like 60, 70 pounds. Yeah. Throw that in your pack along with everything else you've got. And throw the head on your back. That head, if you cape him for mountain, then you're looking at, you know, a head weighs probably a hundred pounds with, with the cape. So now you've got 160 pounds of dead weight on your back. And you have to go out another couple miles to the truck, drop it off, get back on your saddle, go back up in there, get the rest of the meat. Right, and luckily for me, last year I killed a spike when we we boned him out, and I, I think I got eighty five pounds of meat out of him. Right, which he was a small spike, right? Whatever, Say but his meat eighty
0: five pounds for an elk.
1: Well, that's boned out, right? Like that's completely processed and everything, and oh, whatever. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but um, it took me and Jesse, my buddy. You know, we got him in one trip, but I mean, we he was t- two miles back. I think is what it was, and I shot him at eight in the morning. We got down to the truck at like two in the afternoon.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and we, <laughs> I mean, you're taking you're taking breaks, man, because your your quads are screaming at you going downhill. Yeah, your calves and your glutes are screaming at you when you're going uphill, and you can't. There is no like stop and just take a break. You have to drop that pack. Oh, like, of course, you use your backs like I hate you, and every bone in your body's like we're not supposed to be carrying this much weight. You're stupid, and you get down and drop it off, and you've gone through every ounce of water, and you're cramping, and it's like oh yeah, I'm so glad I love to hunt. This is so amazing. It but is amazing. It is. Like, that's,
0: that's what's so fun about it. Like you don't remember the super easy hunts or the super smooth no. trips, right? Or like even the hiking that's trips suffering. that you've done with the kids. Like you got to earn it. And yep. I remember when we went on that family trip to Colorado last um, summer, we did that one hike and I didn't listen to the local guy. And we got <laughs> – it, it basically the bottom fell out and went to 50. <laughs> it went from like 70 degrees to like 40 and not including wind chill. And I'm pretty sure it was sleeting on us. And we had to climb up this, straight up this. We had to go, you know, do a switchback. Because there's, I mean, I guess me and Renee maybe would have made it as adults. But the kids were not kind of like, you'd have to climb it. Like rock yeah. climb it, right? So you had to do the switchback. Dude, I was laughing. Like, I, I mean, it sucked. It sucked. It was cold. Mm-hmm. We were all not wearing the right clothes. We were wet because we got rained on for 20 minutes before that. Like... My, and my kids are just like why are you laughing and I was like we're just making memories kids like this is awesome yeah. like this yep. I'm like this is awesome like we're not we're not gonna die like there's nothing you know no it doesn't feel good it's not comfortable right now but we're gonna look back on this and laugh and it's gonna be an awesome it's gonna be an awesome time
1: yeah I took a I took a buddy of mine uh this year uh his name's Tyler he's a pastor out of Casper he is just an amazing individual. I mean, you want to talk about someone who looks at all, everything's always positive. Like I always think of things like I try to think of everything's always positive, mm-hmm. but so there, there are days that I, you know, you have your worst days or whatever. And like, I don't think I've ever seen Tyler not be just an awesome human being. And we got up and I went with another buddy mine, Nathaniel and Nathaniel's in great shape. I'm in pretty decent shape. Tyler is working on it. He's, he's been doing, he's been going to the gym and stuff like that. But when we went up there his his legs were good. It was just his lungs were a little bit shot, right? And we were hiking up, and it was maybe six to seven inches of snow on the ground. I like get it snowed a couple days before. Uh, really great for elk hunting because you you could see fresh tracks. You know, okay, we're in the right area. Whatever, right? And man. we get and we get up on this ridge. And I say a ridge, but it, it's basically the top of a mountain that you can overlook this giant bowl that's got these big, what you guys would call mountains, but these big hills down in the middle of them. And it drops down and then it goes back up to another big face. And so it's this giant bowl. And we spotted a big bull elk down on one of the hilltops in the middle of this bowl. And as we're looking at it, I'm like, you know, as the crow flies, not that far, maybe seven, 800 yards from where we were, but to get to that elk, to get a decent shot, we're looking at probably covering three quarters to a mile, right? You know, down mm-hmm. and ups and yeah. arounds and all that stuff. Right. So what we do is we kind of, I, I don't have a tag for that area. Nathaniel and, and Tyler had tags. And so I was like, you guys go, I'll stay up here with the spotting scope. We had radios and I was like, I'll, I'll scope him. And keep an eye on him. And if he moves, I'll let you know. And sure enough, they took off. He moves. They get down to another spot. I go down to that spot. I set up again. And they're like, all right, we're going to go down in here, see if we can find him. I'm like, all right, I'll stay here. I'll keep blasting. And I remember Tyler going, he looked at me and he goes, I don't I don't want to go. I'm like, what do you mean you don't want to go? There's a there's a six-point bull out down in there. We know he's there. He hasn't left. He's on that hill somewhere. And he's like, I, I don't think I can make it back out. Like he literally had that thought of, I don't think I'm physically capable right, right. of going down, getting this out. He goes, if I sure don't I know what I'm going to do, I'm like, you've got me, you've got, you've got Nathaniel and, and yourself. We'll get this bull out. Like yeah, one way or another, we're going to get him out. You're going to be fine. You, you know, you've got, we've got food, we've got water, we've got snow around us. If we run out of water, we can like, we've got everything that we can use to, we could, we could live up here for a week if we had to. Right. You know, I'm like, you're going to be fine. And he went down, they got on this bowl, they couldn't get a shot, things didn't go their way, Elk spooked out, whatever, and he came back up, I kind of stayed on top. And the look on his face, man, when we got out of that bowl and back on top and we knew everything was downhill from there, and he was just like, I did it, man. I freaking did it. He's like, I I feel so much like a man. Like my (laughs) testosterone is through the roof. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's why we do this. Because 95% of the people would have looked at that and walked away. But we didn't. You went down there, you did it, you got down and you got back out. Like you, He took a picture from where he was and you could kind of see me way up on top of this ridge. And he was like, I did that. Like I went from there to there. And I was like, yeah, man, like it's, that's part of hunting. That's what I think a lot of like anti-hunters and people who are like, ooh, save animals. And like, dude, there's not a bigger conservationist than hunters. Like Oh, no, you're right. And like, that's what they don't understand. It's not about killing something. It's not about taking something's life. It's about putting yourself in a situation that you mentally, you're like, man, I don't know if I can do this. And you do, and it just helps you overcome anything i mean if i can if i can hike from that to the top of that around that down and you know, i did what 15 20 miles today of some of the toughest country in this world like what can stop me right like that's right. kind of your your mindset what it builds character and you know like you said uh you ever watch steve ranella uh, oh, uh, meat eater yeah
0: that was my next question absolutely
1: yeah, and where he talks about the the suck factor mm-hmm. and the yes, suffering yeah. factor. Yes. Like, if you have a hunt that you go out, open in the morning, bam, you shoot it out, done, like you're out. Like, there's no memory there.
0: No, that's not the hunt you tell people about. You might no, tell some of your buddies who can appreciate, like, how easy it was. But other than that, like, that's not one that you remember. You don't like. No, you remember just, the
1: one that took you, like, seven days. Yep. It rained on you every single day or snowed. Uh, you had like four or five opportunities and something didn't go right. And the wind blew and they busted. And then, or you missed a shot and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then you finally get something. That's the one you remember. Yeah, You can you know, earn that's it. The, yeah. You earned that, that elk. And like my elk this year, like, you know, we're eating on him now. And, you know, that's, that's why I hunt is the, uh, to me elk is, the premier meat like there's nothing that tops elk so
0: have you ever had um what the hell is it that is down here in texas that's a technically a um shoot what axis deer an axis have you ever had axis no i have not so i haven't either and that's what that is the only deer that i have heard people say is better than elk
1: oh gotcha that's the
0: only one I've never had it. I've had people be like, I've had elk. It's unbelievable. Axis is better, and I'm like, really? no way. And they're like, I'm telling you, you got to kill one just to eat it. It is. Now I've heard some people say it's the. They're still the same, but I have heard. It's the only one that I've heard people be like, no, no. I I think axis is better, and I, better than elk. And I. That's the only reason I want to shoot one because I'm like, there's no right. way because that is. It's just such a good. It's just lean, it's lean, but it's for a, oh. for a, uh, what the hell are all these damn animals called? Exotics? No, 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 for a class like the deer, like for a, um, like elk and deer and what Wild is the game. general term of that kind of animal? A
1: deer? No. The deer
0: family? Yeah, the deer family. What is that called? The deer family.
1: There's, no, I don't know. a like, real. I know what you're talking about. There's like, a real term deer. for it,
0: but I cannot think of it right now. And uh, yeah, so of all those, like they're all lean, but like I feel like elk just has the right amount of fat. Like it's just the right amount of taste. Like it's not it's not too gamey, but it doesn't taste like chicken. Like God, it's just it's just so damn good.
1: My thing. And I too love white
0: tail, but damn
1: right. I guess my thing about it, too, is, you know, everybody talks about organic and, you know, they, everything needs to be, you know, hormone free and stuff. Like, I, I can tell you exactly where that elk came from. Yeah. And I can tell you there are zero antibiotics, there are zero chemicals in that meat. Like, that is the healthiest meat that you're going to get, you know, not, even if it's, I, I, I think like even like grass fed beef or whatever they call it, like, there's still something in that meat right? I mean, well, there's like, still
0: something in that grass consider, or it could be.
1: Yeah, yeah. And like these elk, like, dude, I'm t- like, it's so good for you. When, yeah. when I started lifting weights, when you told me to get on creatine and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't notice any difference in my lifting when I started, you know, when I started taking creatine, and then I started doing research. I don't remember if you remember me telling you that like, because all I ever ate and still do pretty much is elk and deer that I've killed and the creatine levels in those meat are much, much, much higher than like beef that you get from the store. Okay. Yeah. I And so that's why it didn't do anything.
0: Found in like red meat, but yeah, your body had already, because your body can only hold so much of it anyway.
1: Yeah. And so, and like the vitamins and minerals that come out, I just, I mean, to me, it's just, yeah. Way better. And I probably the way I killed it was probably way more humane than the beef going to slaughterhouses. You know what I mean?
0: It, uh, I would I would agree with you on ninety nine percent of it. I think that I me, mean, I'm sure there's humane ways that they kill cows, but it does. It doesn't matter. It's still just the most natural way. Natural meat is the cleanest meat you're going to find is yeah. venison. Which is the name I was That's trying to think of. That's what it. you yep. get. <laughs>
1: yes. There it is.
0: There the it is. right on the nose. Find is going to be. going to be cleaner. It's going to be more straightforward. You know what you're getting. Whether it's whitetail, elk, moose, it doesn't matter.
1: Um, right. It's going to be good. And also too, when we're talking about hunting, and you know, it helps your, I think like your, 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 mental strength along with physical, what your body can do. I there's something deeper. It's, it's in your DNA that when you get up in the mountains or when you're hunting, there's that primal side of you that most people don't get to experience. Mm-hmm. And it's,
0: I would you, say so there's
1: something to that for sure. Yeah, You versus that animal where I don't, so when it, like an elk, it can run faster than me. Its hearing is better than mine. Its eyesight is better than mine. Its smell is 10 times what mine is. It has every advantage. The only thing that it doesn't have that I have is smarts. I'm a little bit smarter than that thing. Mm -hmm. And now I have to use that to read the wind, to read the terrain, to hide myself, to camouflage myself, to make myself sound like another elk, to do something to get that elk within so many yards so that i can get a shot off on it and that's ridiculously hard people do not understand how flipping hard that is to outsmart something in its own house
0: yeah no it's the same thing with i always laugh because you know i grew up fishing my whole life and i think that there's something to you know Even if you don't keep the fish, but especially if you're trying to feed your family with the fish or feed your family with the elk or the deer, it's something that I do think there's a primal deal, a primal DNA there that kind of gets woken up, but it's, it's, it's like adrenaline, but you don't have it. There's not necessarily an adrenaline rush at times, but it's like, you know, you can be really cold. I have been really cold and then gotten a a bite on a while fishing and then I'm good for like another 10 minutes. Like, yep. No, okay, just a few more casts. Then, like, obviously, you know, and then if God knows, if you catch a fish or you catch what, do you, you know, you get you're really close to the elk, like that cold, how tired you are, all that stuff. Then it, I think, adrenaline does start to kick in. But man, it's just different. I mean, and it doesn't matter how old you are. Excuse me, it doesn't matter wow. how old you are. Yeah, big yawn.
1: Yeah, excited. I can tell. It doesn't really enthused with this conversation.
0: It doesn't matter who, how, and it's a freaking eleven o'clock at night here. I'm old man, it's time <laughs> bedtime. Um, so we, uh, like, you know, my kid, like my son, he, and even and Lily, both. I mean, they just they they really like fishing, but Steve, you know, they just, and they they're okay. But then the second they start getting a bite, anything, and they're just like locked in, like it's t- yep. it's go time. And then you you know then you start hearing the okay, hold on, one more cast. Just one more cast. One more cast. No, hold on. I got a bite. Just a couple more cat. Let me just... I almost got that one. Let me just... Give me a second. And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. God.
1: Oh, you do that too with hunting with... It's one more ridge. Like, I got one more ridge in me. Oh, I heard it. I heard it. Oh, dude. A bugle? Dude, you hear a bugle? Done. (laughs) I'm here all day. (laughs) Yep. And I'm chasing him for the rest of the day. There's another bugle. All right, here we go. Like, oh, he answered behind me. I'm going to go back and get that one. Oh, he answered in front of me. And like. I've done it. I've gone all over the mountain. I've put on probably, like I said, 15, 20 miles in a day, chasing elk, listening to bugles, and you're, I've sat down and been like, "Man, I can't take another step. I'm so beat." Bugle, okay. I'm going over here. Like, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. It, it's insane, man. That you're, it's like it's it's got to be in your DNA because if we didn't have that, our ancestors were like, "Oh, I'm just gonna go starve today. I'm not gonna chase that animal. <laughs> like, I'm dead."
0: Well, somebody didn't have it because then they, that's how they created, like, irrigation for crops Farming. and stuff. And they were like, you know what? <laughs> Those idiots are going to do that. I'm going to figure out how to just grow food right here.
1: Right. So I'm, I'm going to go I'm gonna domesticate this house. buffalo.
0: Yeah, I'm going to walk out of my house. I'm going to pick up some vegetables. I'm going to eat it. That sounds mm-hmm. way easier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I man, yeah. and that's that's fun too. I like growing vegetables. That's a pretty exciting deal. Something about that. It's 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 kind of rewarding when you yeah you make something grow, make it work, and you get to eat it. Like it's cool. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, uh, I think that's our time for today. I believe so. I like so. You can go get some sleep?
1: That's right. I mean, just really making our listeners like perk up at the end of the show, you know, Listen to you yawn.
0: Well, we have, uh, we have the next episode. So this will come out soon, uh, probably in the next day and then, um, or two, and then it will have, uh, the Junto is, is coming back. Um, Ooh. so, uh, this is the end of the podcast. So no one's going to listen to this part, but, uh, we have some big news, some big, big news to share Ooh. on the, uh, the Junto. So I'm very excited Ooh. about it. So until cool. then, boys, ladies, gentlemen, uh, all seven of you, thank you for listening, <laughs> and we will talk to you guys next week. Laters. All right. End it, drop it, send it. This has been the Beyond Our Service podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, review, tell your friends all about us. This show can be found everywhere major podcasts are available. And if you'd like to reach out, please head over to beyondourservice.com and let us know what you think or find out how you can be a part of the show. See you next time.